God, I think government can be so incredibly stupid. But right now, somebody who's not, that's David Stokes with the Show Me Institute, going to come on and talk about a conflict surrounding the search for a new city administrator. David, where is there a conflict over a city administrator? Morning, Gary. Great to be on the air with you and your listeners. And, and right now, there's a lot going on in the Lake of the Ozarks region. There's some. There's been some some well documented crimes and shootings, and we'll get to that in a second. There's some national news again about COVID and, and the party scene. But there's also at the lake at the city of Lake Ozark, the city itself. There's a major dispute right now as to how they should go about hiring a new city administrator, where the, the city council, the majority of the city council, wants to simply promote the, new, the deputy city administrator, who hasn't been there for that long. That's not saying he's not qualified, but he hasn't been there that long. And the mayor wants to conduct a regional or even larger than that search for a new city administrator. And I got to tell you, Gary, the, the mayor is just completely right on this one. I mean, the Lake Ozark is an important city. It's it's a tourist hub of the Midwest. So many of your listeners obviously have been there. Missourians love it. It's an important city, and they need, they have, a, I would say, a responsibility to get the best city administrator that they can for that town. And the only way they can do that is a thorough and regional search for the best qualified candidate, which the mayor wants to do, and the city council is just adamantly opposed to it, and it's almost odd if you ask me. Well, why are they opposed to it? What is the what exactly is the argument? Well, their argument, if I could, if, uh, and I don't agree with them obviously at all, but they're saying that when the assistant city administrator was hired about a year ago, maybe a bit more, that they always intended him to be promoted to the city man- city administrator, I should say, the city administrator position when the current city administrator retired, which happened a few months ago. But in the meantime, you know, a new mayor was elected. The people of Lake Ozark got tired of the leadership that hired this deputy city administrator. And I'm not saying it's the fault of the deputy city administrator, but they hired a new mayor. They voted in a new mayor a couple months ago, Mayor Dennis Newberry. And you know what? You need a city administrator that works well with the mayor and and hiring a city manager in a place like Columbia or a city administrator in a place like Lake Ozark, it's really one of the most important decisions a mayor and council are going to make. Those city bureaucrats, city managers or administrators play a very large role in those cities. The people of Columbia know this well. And you know what? The mayor is just completely right here that they when they hired the deputy city administrator, there was no contractual guarantee. It wasn't a part, a guaranteed part that he would be promoted. And it wasn't a part of that job in a few. They were looking to hire a deputy who was also some economic development experience. They weren't looking to hire a full-time chief city administrator. And while this deputy should be encouraged to apply for it and may turn out in the end to be the best person for the process, the research, I say the mayor's just a thousand percent right here, and they owe it to the residents, taxpayers, and citizens to do a full search throughout the Midwest to find the best person for the job. If you're going to use my tax dollars to hire somebody, and that's what I would be arguing uh, if I lived there, uh, then I want you to find the best person for the job. Uh, makes sense to me. Camden County uh, has a sales tax vote coming, and you have a question? Well, I think... I. I think the people of the area are going to have a question. Camden County is, of course, 
the largest county of the three counties in the Lake of the Ozarks region, and they've got a sales tax vote on the ballot next week to, for the sheriff's department. Uh, there's been some high-profile shootings in the Lake of the Ozarks area recently, and that may that may heighten the the awareness of the need for more law enforcement in Camden County. But it's just something that the voters are gonna are gonna have to decide. Do they? The sheriff has been very public about the need for this quarter cent sales tax increase, and he has said that he's going to use it primarily to hire more deputies and increase the pay of the existing deputies so that they reduce turnover in the office. Obviously, those are two very worthy goals, uh, but it's up to the people of Camden County and, of course, the many tourists who visit who are going to pay that sales tax, even though they can't necessarily they can't vote on it. But the people of Camden County have a big a big choice here. A quarter cent will be a, a notable raise in the in the sales tax rate. I'm not going to say it's going to bankrupt anybody to pay a you know a hundred bucks a year more in sales taxes. But it's just an interesting decision. Do the people of Camden County feel that that additional charge is going to be worth the increased law enforcement that they would get? And this is this is the same type of vote decision that, thanks to our Hancock Amendment, people around Missouri get to make frequently instead of it being imposed upon them. Sometimes I agree with the voters' decisions, sometimes I don't. But it's, it's an interesting part of the process. Would you explain the Hancock Amendment for those who uh, live here that don't understand it or don't know about it? Well, the Hancock Amendment has multiple purposes. It was passed in the early 1980s after led by a Springfield businessman named Mel Hancock, who later became a congressman from southwest Missouri. It does numerous things. It's a part of the state constitution. Uh, I'm gonna, I'll just hit a few key ones. At the state level, it limits the growth in state spending each year. So that if, if the, the legislature increases taxes to a certain amount, they have to get voter approval to do it. And, and they are not allowed to just to allow revenue, to, even if there's no tax increase involved. In the late 90s, we saw revenues, as the economy was so good, state revenues were increasing faster than the Hancock Amendment allowed, and Missouri residents who lived here in the late 90s might remember getting these reimbursement checks from state government because they had taken in too much revenue. So they started sending taxpayers rebate checks. And a lot of people, it was an excellent thing, although a lot of people were getting checks for like, you know, $7 at the time. So so what they eventually did was they cut the state sales tax rate on groceries so that they could give taxpayers a discount, but at the same time avoid paying postage to send out very small checks. At the local level, the main thing the Hancock Amendment does is that it requires votes on property and sales tax increases in your community so that with very few exceptions, city councils and, and boards of aldermen can't just put a can't just increase taxes without a vote of the people. And that's a bit of an oversimplification, but at the local level, that's the key thing it does. Well, um, at least up and in Boone a, County. It's a wonderful thing. And we have a, lot, we have a lot of information on the Hancock Amendment up at showmeinstitute.org. Don't get me wrong, the Hancock Amendment is a wonderful part of our state constitution. All right, so if you want more information on that so you could better understand your rights when uh, they want to raise your taxes... Uh, go to the showmeinstitute.org and look it up. David Stokes, thank you for being with us. Gary, great to great to talk to you as always. And, you know, just to sum up real quick, this dispute over the gas tax increase relates to the Hancock Amendment. And I was I supported the gas tax increase, as you know, but it does, there were there are definite questions about whether they tried to get around the Hancock Amendment and whether what they did was 
was uh, proper or not. And we've got information up there on it as well. What do you think? Is it proper or not? Well, I, you know, our expert on that, Elias Tapalos, my coworker, has written about it. I think it probably, I think they came really close to the line, and I wish they would have been a little safer and perhaps had a two-cent gas tax increase as opposed to the two-and-a-half, just to make it sure that they didn't have to play games with these rebates, which nobody's going to apply for, but they use these rebate games to sort of get past the Hancock limit provisions, and I would have liked to have seen them be a little safer. Again, maybe a two-cent increase instead of the two-and-a-half. I support a gas tax increase for the state, but it was a questionable how they went about doing that. We've got a lot more up on showmeinstitute.org about it. Wouldn't it be amusing if, like, thousands of people collected hundreds of thousands of gas receipts through the year and stapled them to their state return for a refund? It would. You know, with, with your phones, now you can take a picture of every gas tax increase and put it in an album on your phone. It'd be, yeah, it'd be funny if, like, Modot lost money on this. If every if everybody did this, and in the end, Modot was out money because of these rebates. That was... <laughs> That would be very funny. Yeah, go through every receipt and make sure. All right, David right. Stokes, showmeinstitute.org. Thank you for being with us. Thanks, Gary. Great to talk to you as always. Great to have you on board.